Welcome to I Love My HBCU Question Mark, the podcast where we express our undeniable love for HBCUs, but where we are also not afraid to address a few tough questions. So, sit back, learn a little, love a lot, and rep your HBCU. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark. Of course, I am Tosin Richard, your host, and I have, uh, I don't know the best way to describe this beautiful Morgan alum. Her name is Hannah V. Sawyer. Hannah, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to be here. I know we were just talking about how it's been so long, so I feel really, really good. This is amazing. So um, whenever Hannah would walk on campus and you run into her, well, yes, um, if you've been tuning in, you know I am at Morgan State University and Hannah is a Morgan alum. So I got the pleasure of running into Hannah so many times. I never taught Hannah, but she was in one of my programs, the President's Leadership Circle. This smile that you see on her face. <laughs> it's, 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 I want to say it's plastered on her face in the best of ways all the time. <laughs> but it really is. And Hannah, and, and I'm going to get to it soon, but I, every time I think of you, that is what comes to mind is that beautiful smile on your lovely face. And I hope you always have a reason to smile no matter what. Okay. 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 So Hannah, um, uh, there's so much we're going to get into the fact that you were the two 2016 youth poet laureate of Baltimore. Um, of course I, I stalk your website, uh, uh, probably more than most. And there's a line on your website that I want you to give us, give us, give us more meat on it. I want, I want to know what it means. I, know, I want to know why it's there. There's a, there's a quote on there that says, I am opening to make room for love to have permanent place here. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm trying to remember what poem that came from. <laughs> I do know I wrote it in a poem. I think I wrote it when I was at Morgan too. And I think one thing that I've realized about myself is I can be kind of cagey. Um, so I do consider myself, it's, it's kind of weird. I do consider myself kind of extroverted. Like I like being around people. Like I like to have fun. I'm always cracking jokes, but I can be kind of cagey when it comes to getting like really close to people. And so I think that was during a time when I was really trying to learn to open up and, and trust people, especially people who love you. Um, yeah. I love it. Um, I love it. I see it on a card. I am hoping that it will make, cause this is your original line. This is your yeah. work. I'm hoping that it makes its way to a, a card of yours that you might uh, bless us with on your website one of these days. I look forward to seeing it inspire something. Because when I read it, just, just even the way it's phrased, I am opening to make room for love to have permanent place here. And as somebody, um, people who know me in my personal life know I do not talk about my uh, romantic relationships at all. Um, but that applies to me. 
So um, it, it, it hit me in a very specific way. Okay, that's not what this episode is supposed to be about. Yeah. No, I forgot about that one. <laughs> um, you, you were the 2016, and that's actually, that's how I met you to a certain degree. I came to, you had a, you had a uh, celebration for the incoming Youth Baltimore Poet Laureate. And the way you wanted to do it was to bring that person to Morgan State University and um, celebrate this person's achievement. And that's how I found out that, hold on, she's doing this, but she she's the outgoing Poet Laureate. What did it mean actually for you to be the, um, you are from New York, let's, let's put that on the table. Yet you became the youth poet laureate of Baltimore. What, tell us about that. What did what did that mean for you? Um, I'm actually from New Jersey. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, I never talk about New Jersey. I did live in New York for two years, though. I I have divorced New Jersey. Ouch! So Ouch! Sorry, New Jersey residents, and 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 yeah, sorry. I've lived a lot of places, and I if I had to rank them, I would put New Jersey. Ouch. Ouch. Um, I, when I moved to Baltimore, I moved to Baltimore to go to Morgan. Let me just quickly say this. One of my closest friends is from New Jersey, and I bet you when she hears this, she's going to be rolling her eyes at you, just so you know. <laughs> and I don't think she's going to be the only one. Sorry. I go know. ahead. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. It's okay. You're allowed to love or not love your places for whatever yeah. reason you choose. I don't it's not that I don't love it. Mm. Mm, <laughs> I appreciate mm, it. I appreciate mm. it. Okay. Okay. But I wouldn't move back. Got it. Got it. So I moved to Baltimore um, in 2014 and I started um, slamming competitively. So I joined the Baltimore City Youth Poetry Team and Do More Baltimore um, founded the Baltimore Youth Poet uh, Laureate Program along with. Um, mayor's office and urban word and like a bunch of other organizations <laughs> that I'm sorry I can't list right now <laughs> but um I heard about it because do more Baltimore they hosted the slam and um they hosted like the the competition for it and so it started off with like a written competition and so you had to make like the top 12 out of written applications and then you had to slam and at that time I, I slammed a lot more than I do now <laughs> but um the top the third and the second slot are the Baltimore City Youth Ambassadors and then the first slot is the Baltimore Youth Poet Laureate and I won and it's so funny I talk about this sometimes but I was not someone who won slams very often hmm so the Baltimore Youth Poet Laureate Slam, like that was the part that I was the most concerned about because I love like writing on the page. Like I love like, like little tricks and like, yeah, I call it little tricks form. <laughs> um, and I also loved performing, but like I never thought I was the strongest performer. So when I won Baltimore City Youth Poet Laureate, I was like, whoa, this is on my list of like three slams I've won. <laughs> you know, and, and like, I'm glad it was that one. Absolutely. But it came with a little bit of a shock. I was like, whoa. Um, but I love my time as Baltimore City Youth Poet Laureate. I think it really challenged me. Muhammad, um, I'm not sure if when Muhammad was Youth Poet Laureate, if he had 
just transferred to Morgan or if he was mm. in the process of transferring. Okay. And so then when it was during his term, like he was at Morgan too. And, you know, like we just became like homies and we are, we already slammed together on the Baltimore City Youth Poet Laureate team too. So it was nice. just kind of like, it was a beautiful moment. Nice. I, I, my apologies to Mohammed. I didn't even know he was a Morgan student. I just thought you were having this beautiful, um, um welcome celebration for him. So that's beautiful oh, to know. Mohammed is low key. That's, he's, he's the homie, but he's so low-key. So low-key. Yeah. So low-key. I'm sure anyone listening or watching is like, she's got to be a writer. So let's let's get into it, right? Um, oh, Lord. And, and listen, listen. I haven't cried on this show yet, um, but I'm an emotional human being. I tear up very easily. And um, Hannah... Hannah, you, I message you quite often. I will see, well, Hannah already knows this, so I guess I'm sharing this for everybody else to know this. Um, I will see someone do something and literally I see Hannah. I see I see Hannah doing it. And I'm not going to mention what the things are so that nobody like starts to slam me. Um, but when I saw your book, All the Fighting Parts, which we're going to get into. Oh gosh, Tosin, you're not going to cry. Stop it. If you cry, I cry because I am a crier through and through. And I was so happy. Like, I was just, why am I crying? What is wrong with you? I was so happy. I was just, so I'm going to be quiet so that I gather myself together and let you talk about your book. The level of pride that swelled up inside of me. I am seriously crying. <laughs> the level of pride that swelled up inside of me when I saw because I I it's it's beyond me knowing who you are. It is wrapped up in the utter belief in who you are. It is wrapped up in I've heard your words, I've heard where the words come from, and they just come from a very special place. And I want the whole world to hear those words. I don't know why I'm crying because it's a beautiful book. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm going to let you tell us about all the fighting parts. Tosin, you are seriously crying. <laughs> tell us about all the fighting parts, please. Oh my goodness. Um, of course, oh. I don't have tissue anywhere here. <laughs> Um, wow. Oh my gosh. Um, goodness. Okay. Okay. I got to tell you about this book. (laughs) Sorry. No, I'm, I'm, okay. All the fighting parts. Uh, this is what it looks like. Um, it is, and it is an incredibly emotional story and I get super emotional when I think about it. And when I talk about it too, um, all the fighting parts is, and it's, you know, we were talking about Youth Poet Laureate and I think about how I used to slam. And a lot of the times I used to slam about my experiences with sexual assault. And um, I'm not going to like, there are like, when I think of that time, I get really down because it was, those poems came from such a desperate place. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I wouldn't have, performed that if I, you know, wasn't like so desperate for 
answers and for justice. Like, so I think back on that, I'm like, oh, like, you know, like it, it makes me like cringe a little bit. Um, but like, I'm, I'm super, super proud of those poems. And it's like, I, I don't regret them at all, but sometimes I'm just like, dang, like I, like I was really like in a low, low, low place. Um, all the Fighting Hearts is, it's a work of fiction, um, but it's loosely based on my experiences. It's about 16-year-old Amina as she comes forward against her abuser, who is a popular community figure and her pastor. I wrote all the Fighting Hearts. So I came forward against my abuser in 2014. Um, and I did not, he was not sentenced for my case until... 2022, March, 2022. And so that was about eight years. Um, and for a long time, I felt like, you know, like I couldn't control like whether the court wanted to hear me or, you know, like those like delayed court dates, like I couldn't control any of that, but like I could control like my narrative and my voice and my poems. And so like I performed them. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy that I did, but sometimes I think like, if I were to, like if the criminal justice system didn't kind of screw me over <laughs> for all eight of those years, like would I have performed those poems, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, I, and you know, like I said, I'm so happy that I did, but I sometimes they serve as a reminder of the fact that like I was so desperate. Like I needed somebody to hear what I've been trying to say for so many years. Yeah. Um, so I wrote all the fighting parts when I was waiting for a trial. Yeah. Um, I think it is the coolest and most ridiculous thing that I finished, queried, and got a book deal for the book before I saw a trial. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was still waiting. Yeah. Um, and, you know... But because of that, there, I've read the reviews. I don't have my copy yet. It is coming. Yeah. Um, but there, there are transcripts of court documents. Yeah. Um, that that are in there. Um, I I cannot wait to get my hands on it. So we yeah. might need to do a part two when that's all we talk about is would, is the book. Yeah. Um, but but that I have read all the reviews on it though. And there is a strong appreciation for the approach that you took. And there's a strong appreciation for the rawness that you took. Um, I read one review that said this was the most cathartic experience that the person went through. Um, and I, I hear you describe um, the eight year wait uh, for, for justice to even listen yeah. to what was going on. Um, and I, I hope I'm not incorrect then in saying that all the fighting parts became a culmination of continuous catharsis, even for you. Is, is that an accurate description? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's so funny. I try my best not to read reviews. I don't know which review that one was. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now that my tears, I've gotten my tears out of the way. <laughs> um, I do want to, um, and I'm going to come back to all the fighting parts. I'm just trying to gather myself not to be so emotional. You know, uh, 
Go ahead. No, go it's ahead. It's so interesting because I think all the fighting parts gets put in like the sad book category. But I like I listen, Dr. Tosin, I, I cry a lot. I cry a lot. But I feel like 70% of the cries I had in this book while writing this book, and when I think about this book, feel like breakthrough tears and like joyful tears. And so I'm like, it's not like there it's are not sad. sad moments, but like, yeah. it's sad. It's a sad event. It's sad Absolutely. that these things happen. But Absolutely. Like, I just, you know, like, I hope that people see like that joyful side that she learns right yes um and those like breakthroughs that she has i really hope that people see that too and let me let me say this um, um and you and i share something else in common is that we are oh my gosh infinite daddy's girls like infinite <laughs> um and my my father is the person that made me comfortable i i, I cry I cry. Lord have mercy. A lot of people are about to just watch me cry. And it wasn't acute tears. I was crying. Um, but my father made me understand really early that uh, tears are communication. Um, so I'm grateful that you said that. It gets put in the sad category, but it's not, it's not, that's not what it is representative of. So I do want to share that my tears, the tears that I just cried was pure and utter pride. Those oh, were tears I could, I of pride. That, that it's that. okay. Good, good. That this were not sad tears. These were Hannah. It's <laughs> Hannah. I felt that. It's Hannah. <laughs> I that. That's what those tears were. Okay, yeah. Hannah. I want to treat you to our special rapid fire segment. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 67 seconds of as many questions that I can throw at you. They're not going to be on the fighting parts. They're just going to be on stuff, okay? Okay. And the the timer is going to start after I read the first question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Ha! Nikki Giovanni or Maya Angelou? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have them both on my shelf, but can I show you? No, no, Literally. we've got 67 seconds, 67 okay. seconds. Maya She's Angelou, like, that's Maya, th there we go. Maya so we're going to go with Maya. Okay, yes. Maya Angelou. Um, uh, college or high school? College. What was your best experience? College. <laughs> okay, far. girl. You, they didn't get to see your face. Those, those who, are, who are only listening didn't get to see her face. Oh, oh gosh. Biden or Trump? Oh, come on now. <laughs> I'm asking. I'm asking. Biden. Biden. I've heard a number of things. That's why I keep asking the Biden or Trump question. I've heard yeah. a number of things. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Oh, um, quirky. Uh, I think I'm funny. You are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and mm, introspective. I think I'm introspective. Yes. Yeah. Listen to me saying yes. These are your words. Tosin, stop it. <laughs> What's the best meal you had in college? <laughs> Fried chicken Wednesdays? Of course. That's everybody. I need to stop asking that question. That's everybody's answer at this point. And it doesn't matter which HBCU I'm asking. And it's yeah. always on a Wednesday. So oh. something is going on. Something is Fried going on. Okay. Wednesday. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was so, like, I was um, like, <laughs> 
the, I should have thrown more poets at you just to put you on the hot spot for the fun of it. I thought the Giovanni and Maya Angelou question was unfair, but I was like, you're going to ask it regardless. I was sitting here. I was like, wow, that's actually so hard. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is. But I, I don't think even I don't think either of them would be upset for you picking the other because they're yeah. both in their own beautiful category of being amazing. Yeah. There we go. Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. So she's not in love with New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you are from the the I call it the northeast region of the United States of America. Um lived in New York from New Jersey even though she doesn't want to claim them as much. <laughs> and you found yourself at Morgan State University. How did you give us your your journey? What's the story behind your journey for picking this HBCU and um at yeah Give us your, your, your high school to college journey with regards to college selection choice. Um, so um, to be so honest, I didn't apply to a lot of colleges because my grades in high school were very, very bad. Um, I, I went through quite a lot in high school yeah. and my, my grades reflected that. But I also, um, I also, I did struggle with school growing up too, but in high school, my grades just got worse and worse uh, because of what I was you know, going through. And so I graduated high school with a 1.9 GPA, which is not good at all. <laughs> Very bad. No, no, we have to admit it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but Morgan um, took a chance on you. They did. They accepted me conditionally. And so when you're accepted conditionally, essentially you get um, an acceptance that says like, hey, um, you need to do well when you get here. <laughs> and I think for that first semester, that first year, I, I don't want to be mistaken, but I think I had to have a 3.0. Okay. Which to me felt impossible because I was like, I've never had a 3.0. My high school self never had a 3.0. And so for some people, they look at that and they're like, oh, that's easy. But for me, I was like, I don't know. And so when I got to college, I was not a horrible student, but I also was never the best student. And so I graduated Morgan with like a 3.1, 3.2, which is like... You showed up and you did your assignments. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's sort of that Anything above a 3.0 is, is good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So Says not the good, person who's stellar. always drilling higher. But anything above a 3.0, I believe, is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there are some people that look at that and they're like, mm. <laughs> But, I mean, I tried, I tried my best. Like, I, you know, I had to catch up for a lot of years. But, um... So Morgan accepted me conditionally. Um, and so they were willing to take a chance on me, which meant a lot. And I think Morgan did so much more for me, like outside of academics too. Like I was able to join wonderful programs like the President's Leadership Circle. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I cold emailed you because I heard about it and I was like, I want to be a part of this. Yes, <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and I'm grateful yeah. that you, we, we admitted you. I really I'm am. I'm so grateful too. Yes. I, you know, just... It was excellent. Like it was a small group. I think it was like eight, eight of us, right? Yeah, eight, ten. That year was ten. Yes. Yeah, and so that was such a wonderful part of my experience at Morgan. I co-founded MSU Poets uh, with some poet friends, and so I was. That was me all four years of undergrad. Yes. Like MSU Poets, MSU Poets. I was vice president one year. I was president another year. Um, yeah, I was a resident assistant. <laughs> so it's um, it sounds as if um let me ask this 
um, especially when you when one bears in mind what you went through um, and the space that you were in in high school and then proceeding towards college. If you had not gone to Morgan State University, uh, this HBCU that pleasantly took a chance on you and gratefully took a chance on you, <laughs> what would have been the other option? Oh, I would have been staying home. I would have stayed home in New Jersey. Okay. I probably would have okay. went to community college. And Got it. after, I probably would have done a couple years at community college and then tried to transfer. Got it. Got yeah. it. Which, Got is a, it. which is a wonderful option as well. But absolutely. Just, absolutely. Circumstances that I was in New Jersey, I needed to get out. And, so and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, grateful that if, if one listens to the story that you've shared with regards to your time at Morgan State University, it was clearly, let me not be presumptuous in my statement, it sounds as if it was the best thing for you to have gone through that community of people at Morgan State University. So, so I must then ask you, as an alum, I don't know why I'm pausing so much, but as an alum, would you say that your HBCU made you? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of things make me. But Morgan, 1,000%, I don't think I'd be the person I am today if I didn't go to Morgan. What's I the think big... It was a... No, 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 go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I think it was... Like, Morgan was an experience for me. Like, like I said, you know, like, it wasn't just academics. And it wasn't even just... Um, the like programs that I was in either, mm -hmm. but it was the sense of community on Morgan's campus. Um, I feel like Morgan, you know, I, I'm, I'm remembering one instance in particular, which is kind of sad. I remember um, my friend Dimitri when he passed, when I was at Morgan, you, do you remember? I remember how, like, it felt like every, like, whether you knew him or not, everyone in on campus was, like, supportive of each other, you know, and we really, like, gathered, right? And I, I remember that happening a couple times at Morgan, like, whether you know the person or not, like, yeah. and I hate to, like, you know, bring up, you know, something that's, like, more sad, but yeah. I do think it's a testament to the community at Morgan. Like, mm -hmm. if something rocks one part of this community, it's going to rock the whole campus. Yeah. And so and we... the same thing with, like, you know, like, even something as simple as homecoming. Like, if we're experiencing joy on this campus, we are going to go all out. We're going to have a good time. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that's indicative of a lot of HBCUs? Absolutely. And I think that's why people want to go to HBCUs. And I think, listen, if I have children, I, I don't want to be the HBCU or bust parent, but I definitely am going to be like, come on, like, let's make good decisions here. So can I, can I plead with you not to be the HBCU or bust um, um, parent? And here's the only yeah. reason why, the I only reason why I have colleagues. I'm, I'm a Howard University alum as well. 
And I have a, a doctoral program colleagues who that that was them. If yeah. you don't go to an HBCU, I'm not paying for college. And I've one of them. I've heard that line. I've heard but, that line. But I promise you, Hannah, one of them, I'm not kidding, three kids, because the mother always said that, they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. We don't need you to pay for college. None of them went to an HBCU. One of them on an athletic scholarship the other one on a uh, academic scholarship, and then the last one on a, a music scholarship went yeah. to other institutions. So don't ride that train too hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I wouldn't want to be, but it would make me happy. Like, there we go. There I we go. I will say, it would make me happy <laughs> if I have children. Because I felt, I felt really, this. like if you knew who the, I was, to, if you knew the person I was talking about, you would really be saddened for her that none of them chose an HBO HBCU because it's all she would ever talk about. She took them yeah. personally on HBCU tours across the nation. You name it. It was HBCU this, it was Howard that. And of course we loved it because we were, were on that train with her. And yeah. then when they all got to that age and they're looking at her like, you know, no, that's, that's not, that's your choice. Good for you, but we're not about to do that. So yeah, don't write it too hard. Just so that yeah. they, you know, you know how the more you tell somebody not to do something, they go, yeah. So I wish he was telling them, oh no, 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 don't, don't, because I do think that they, for one of them that's coming to mind, I do think the person would have had better community if they had gone to an HBCU. But hey, that that ship has sailed. Yeah. Give a stereotype. I want to hear. You're one of the kindest human beings in the world. And that's why I'm asking you this question very specifically. What is a stereotype that you think, that you've heard, not that you think, that you've heard of HBCUs that is actually true? Okay. I'm going to say this. Okay. But I will give a disclaimer. Absolutely. I think people think all we do is party. <laughs> but I think they're like... There are like, there's like this fellowship quality about it. Like, it's not just a party, okay? <laughs> like, I don't know. There's something about it that's just like, this isn't just a party. Like, we're celebrating, like, getting through this entire week. You know what I mean? Like, so I do think HBCUs, the stereotype that I think is true is that we like to party. Can I, I want to put a twist on that. And yeah. this is, this I hope, I hope a lot of people are listening to this right now because I've had that conversation and I've heard that stereotype like of Morgan State University. That's the party school. And I don't know what it, what it is. Uh, uh, I want to say maybe about a month ago, I heard somebody say that and I didn't say anything. I was just in, I was, was a, it was a general conversation. Tosin just happened to be present. And I, I said, I said to myself, well, I'm on campus a lot. I don't see these parties that people are talking about that happens all the time, enough for you to call it a party school. That I wonder, I wonder if what people are seeing is this sense of celebration yeah. that we're always in, that you now define that or digest that as, oh, that must be a party school. When it's not necessarily that it's a party school, but we're celebratory and you got an A, let's celebrate that. <laughs> no, I would You passed the class, let's celebrate that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think we work hard and we play hard. Yes. 
Yes, I, I, yeah. Each time I hear that, I'm I'm looking for the party. Where is it? Because yeah. I don't see it. But I do know we are in a celebratory mood yeah. quite a bit of the time. And what's so wrong with that? So I like that stereotype, actually. Me too. I agree. Like, I'm even thinking about, like, walking to class and on your way to class, you see, like, you hear, like, the music. You see people having picnics. You know what I mean? Like, it's a... Like, I've, you know, like, I remember MSU Poets, like, especially the first year, we used to just, like, have, like, a stereo and spit poems, right? And that was really cool, and that's fun. So I I love it. I loved it. I love that stereotype. And as long as those of us have the internal definition of party being celebration, because that's really what parties are. They can keep using that stereotype as long as they want to, because, hey, yeah. listen, we, we do like to celebrate the little things, the big things. You only have one life to live. You might as well celebrate, right? As opposed Absolutely. to the opposite. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Hannah, you are um, currently on a tour for all the fighting parts. Um, I'm hoping that that tour will include a number of HBCU spots or HBCU stops. Well, I, I'm, I have been traveling quite a bit this summer for all the fighting parts, um, but there's an all the fighting parts tour, like specifically coming up. Okay. Um, by the time this goes live, I think it's, mm -hmm. yeah, probably. Yeah. So let's just say I'm officially on tour. <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> There will be five, there's, I'll be in five cities, okay. possibly six. Okay. Um, I don't have any HBCU stops, but I would love to add some. So, so, so that I, that's why Tosin is bringing this up. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that at least our audience of HBCU listeners would be interested after listening to you um, to invite you to their HBCU. Um, you can tell from this conversation Hannah is that guest you want on your campus, on your HBCU campus, to talk about all the fighting parts. I do think that not only the women will be interested in hearing about the story of all the fighting parts, I think everybody would be interested in hearing about the story behind all the fighting parts. And I keep saying story, I'm fully aware that it is a collection of poems, but it reads, it is a story. It is it's a no yeah, it's it's it, it's a novel in verse. So it's like the poem I'll even show you for folks who are watching. Yes. But um it's essentially a novel that is told through poem. Through verse, yes. And you see, I don't know if you see I flipped it. You saw text messages, court transcripts. Um so it's mixed media as well. Um but that actually makes me so happy to hear because I think if there's one thing that I want to do with all the fighting parts, I want to start conversations. Yes. And so I want to talk to people. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. We, we um, granted, this is not, this is not a Morgan State University podcast. It is, I love my HBCU question mark. However, I am a Morgan, I am the executive director of the Honors College at Morgan State University. That's the other hat that I wear so proudly. 
And we are going to make sure that one of your stops is at Morgan State University. And um, the students will get to hear from this amazing alumna and the work that she has put into all the fighting parts. And we are going to have that conversation that you want um, to have. And I hope it spurs so many other conversations. And I am quite serious. I really do hope that anyone hearing the sound of our voices actually at an HBCU, everywhere else too, but listen, I'm I'm all about the support of HBCUs right now and on, on this podcast. I would love, I would love to look up one day and say, Lord have mercy. Hannah was able to visit as many HBCUs as possible in the country to bring all the fighting parts to life in a way yeah. that so many people are going to resonate with, period. Because yeah. they will. They will. Um we talked earlier on about um, that special um, um, relationship that the two of us have with our fathers. Um, tell, tell me what your father thinks of this book um, and tell me what your father thinks of watching his daughter journey through this space to get her to where she is. My dad is so proud. <laughs> He's so, so proud. Um... He calls himself my biggest cheerleader. <laughs> he probably um, is. He is. He really is. Um, yeah, he's 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 incredibly proud. I think um, you know. I I talk about this in all the fighting parts, and some people like Amina's dad. Some people don't like Amina's dad. Um, but one thing that I love about the story between Amina and her father is the way that their relationship grows. Mm. I'm mm. a certified daddy's girl now, but I wasn't always. Mm. And me and my dad, there was always a lot of friction. Mm. Um, but as I got older, we just became like incredibly candid with each other. It started mm. really like my senior year of high school where we just became like, it, it was bad. And so we became just very, very candid. We sat down, we had some conversations, we wrote, le like literally wrote letters. Um, and I don't know, you know, like when I think of my father, I think of the biggest lesson I've learned from my father is the fact that relationships can change. People can change. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think it is very obvious uh, for anyone listening, anyone watching, I can, I can keep talking to you. Um, but I do want to respect your time. Um, I do hope I that <laughs> I do hope that uh, that last part touched me. Um, I spend most of my life with students. And um, it's been students at HBCUs, many who don't have great relationships with their parents and daughters who don't have great relationships with their fathers, that I hope that what you just said resonates with them in a special way. Relationships can change. Relationships can grow. And the part that, that, that I, I really hope people zone into is addressing it, talking about it. You guys, I'm sure you guys we, we won't get the benefit of hearing all the work that was put into it. But you guys put work into it. Relationships are work. Mm -hmm. So uh, whatever relationships any of our HBCU students are in who are listening to us and watching us, I hope it resonates. I hope it resonates that, nah, 
put put in the work put in the work relationships sorry the relationships with your professors the relationships with your friends put in the work it matters and you'll benefit from it later on even if it means you have to say goodbye to that relationship at some point in time um, um i think you'd benefit from it um finish this sentence for me um <laughs> hannah in 10 years morgan state will continue to thrive i love it that that yeah. was short that was sweet that was amazing in 10 years morgan state will continue to thrive and i know uh president david kwabena wilson if he hears this will literally be beaming because it is definitely <laughs> definitely what his entire legacy is being based on is morgan state university ultimately thriving okay we we have morganed it out um and i need to stop <laughs> but you are a proud morgan alumna um as we end this episode however could you please leave our audience with one word a short word or phrase on why you hannah what does the v stand for oh <laughs> i just threw that in there didn't i i'll tell you it's like a secret but it's not a secret but it is a secret <laughs> it's victoria <laughs> hannah victoria sawyer sawyer yeah. with two r's on the end by the way so yes, leave our audience with a word or short phrase on why you love either your HBCU specifically or all HBCUs. I love HBCUs um, for the community. Um, and I, I kind of want to say like my four years at an HBCU felt like, I don't want to use the word utopia because mm. not everything was perfect. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, but I do think that, like, the community that I had um, supported me through the lows. Um, and that I, I don't know if I would have been able to find that anywhere else. Like, to this day, like, when I think mm. of community, I think of Morgan State University and I think of Baltimore City. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love so. it. I love it. We, we are lucky. We're lucky that you graced our walls at some point in time and that we will always be related with you no matter what Listen, we are lucky. lucky that y'all took me on <laughs> i didn't expect anyone to i'm glad I'm we so did i'm so grateful that they saw something and I, I to this day i don't know if it was the essay or if it was my sat scores were not stellar either they were average right so we're here now and you're amazing and you have this yeah. book that we're all going to get yeah. on that note i i've cried i've laughed um i've all i've done all the things um i have enjoyed every minute every word that we have shared together today i appreciate you hannah sawyer uh being um my guest for this episode i also hope that any anyone listening to this has taken something special from Hannah's stories um, and words that she has shared with us. And I hope that we have um, actually um, earned the pleasure of you liking or, and subscribing to I Love My HBCU question mark. On that note, yours and HBCU love. See you next episode.
You've been listening to I Love My HBCU Question Mark. Let's keep the conversation going as we share our stories and encourage more practical support of HBCUs, whilst, of course, holding each other accountable. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for the latest episodes. Until next time, love and lift your HBCU.